0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Be You Made on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Gansard. We're back with another great episode today with some guests who each have unique perspectives on animal welfare. Up first is Leah Black, star of The Real Housewives of Miami. Leah is, of course, a huge animal lover, and if you remember, the very first guest on our first-ever show was Joanna Krupa, also of The Real Housewives of Miami, so it's nice to see that there's both such animal advocates down there on South Beach. Following Leah is one of our favorite guests, American Humane Association's National Director of Humane Intervention, Justin Scally. Justin will stop by to talk about some very important pet safety tips around the July 4th holiday, which is just a few short days away. But before we get to those great guests, just a couple of bits of news to start off the show. I hope you have all had the opportunity to see the video of the heartwarming reunion between Corporal Aranda and War Dog Donna. Yes, thanks to the support of so many of you, we were able to bring this hero dog home so she could live out her retirement in peace and happiness with the man she spent her time alongside serving our country in Afghanistan. You know, one of the most frequent questions I get asked is, why does the military... Invest so much to train these dogs for use in war zones abroad, but not pay for their transfer back to the United States after their deployment is over. The simple answer, like with just about everything else, it's all about the money. I know we've talked a lot about this before, but it bears repeating over and over again. These dogs, these military working dogs, these contract working dogs are absolutely heroes. And they deserve a ride home, and they also deserve a retirement with integrity. And once they get home, they deserve to be treated as veterans, just like their human counterparts are. Of course, we've all been reading about the troubles human veterans are facing these days, which is just deplorable. But the fact is military war dogs are just considered to be equipment like a truck or a tank. And equipment is sadly, as we know, classified as expendable. The dogs are thankfully treated like royalty by their fellow soldiers. And we heard that from Sergeant Chuck Shuck, who was on just a few short weeks ago as he talked about military working dog, our hero dog, Gabe. But in addition to keeping these soldiers safe, these dogs also really help to comfort the homesick, the injured, and they really help in grieving. The grieving process is the loss of a fellow soldier. Military war dogs are their rocks. Some of you might be asking what we are doing to change this. Well, on July 23rd, American Humane Association will be hosting a special briefing on Capitol Hill. we will address members of Congress on the important issues of military working dogs and how vitally important it is to continue to care for them after their deployments and after their retirements. I encourage any listeners local to the Washington, D.C. area and those of you who are traveling to D.C. in the month of July to join us on Capitol Hill in room 210 of the Cannon House office building on July 23rd at 2.30. Be part of our briefing. Join our voice. We'll have several of these brave soldiers along with the dogs we've helped to reunite, as well as an appearance from Carlos, the 2013 Military Dog of the Year from the Hero Dog Awards. For those of you who can't make it, we're definitely planning on recording a show while there, so stay tuned for that one at the end of this month. And if you haven't listened, check out our show from just a few weeks ago when I interviewed Sergeant Jason Boss, who was reunited both American Humane Association with his dog, Sela. Once you hear his tale, you'll understand why we're investing so much in bringing home back to the U.S., as many military war dogs as humanly possible. And speaking of hero dogs, we're just about to kick off voting for the 2014 finalist. After more than a million votes in the first few rounds, it's now time to learn which dogs will be representing the eight categories to compete for the grand prize, the 2014 American Hero Dog. Who will join the likes of Ellie the Pitbull, Gabe, or Roselle as the top dog of the year? You know, it's all up to you and our special Blue Ribbon Celebrity Judging Panel. Voting kicks off on July 7th, and you can vote every day until September 15th. Just log on to HerodogAwards.org starting Monday, July 7th, and cast your vote for the 2014 American Hero Dog. And of course, those of you that know this campaign know that we're in the middle of voting for the first ever Hero Veterinarian and Hero Vet Tech, sponsored by our friends at Zoetis. Visit HeroVetAwards.org until July 27th to read the stories, the heartwarming stories of the five finalists in each of the two categories. Our panels of celebrities and veterinary health professionals have narrowed down the nominees to the cream of the crop. Each of them is deserving of the title. But in the end, there can only be one hero vet and hero vet tech. And it's up to you listeners to decide. You know, finally, been a bit of controversy going around the internet lately about whether or not it's okay to give your dogs ice. There are several articles saying it could be very bad for their health. Well, thankfully, America's veterinarian and proud American Humane Association board member, Dr. Marty Becker, has come to the defense of owners giving their dogs ice. Check out our Facebook page where we have some wonderful articles he posted dispelling this myth. And when it's this hot out there, there are a lot of other things you need to do to keep your pets cool. Check out my opening monologue from last week's show for helpful tips and advice. And speaking of heat... We're going to chat with the star of The Real Housewives of Miami. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Pet Life Radio. This is Dr. Robin Gansert and Be Humane. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's dinner time in America Alright, welcome back. It's our special July 4th episode today, and I'm sure many of you will be headed to the beach for the weekend. I know I am. I'm so glad the 4th is on a Friday this year. My first guest today, I'm sure, spends a lot of time on the beach, South Beach, that is, a star of The Real Wives of Miami. Leah Black first made a name for her beauty line, Sudden Youth Facials, back in the 80s. And after 20 years in the industry, developing over 400 extraordinary products, she recently created Leah Black Beauty. Along with her husband, Roy, they co-founded the Black's Annual Gala, which has raised millions of dollars over the past few decades to help troubled teens. Of course, she's joining our show today because of her love for animals. I'm pleased to welcome Leah Black to today's show. Leah, how are you? Everything's great and Angeles. Thank you. That's wonderful. I know you have a home in South Beach, but I understand this summer you're spending uh, the entire summer in Los Angeles. How's that going? Yeah.
2: We spend most summers in L.A. because we have a small house here in the Hollywood Hills. And the weather's great. You know, I bring my... We all come. Myself, my son... Freda, the housekeeper who really is retired,
0: who just lives the lives of luxury, <laughs> and, uh, and the dogs. We all come. I understand you've gotten some new dogs, maybe some puppies this summer. Can you tell us about your new puppies? Well, what happened was, you know, I've always
2: had dogs. I started out having, um, like, Afghans, and then I went to Doberman's, and then I had a miniature pincher, and my miniature pincher died in March of two and a half years ago, and I cried so long and so hard over that dog that I said I would just never get attached to another dog. And then my son started wanting a dog, and a friend of ours that had passed away left as his Doberman, and my son was playing with him. And the dog bit my son, and so I had to give that dog to a guy that wanted a guard dog uh, for a business up in North Miami. So after wow. that, my son was, Mom, I want a dog, I want a dog, I want a dog. And, you know, he had to have two surgeries on his arm from that <gasps> little tiny bite because it had gone to the bone, and it was the most precious mm. dog. He just got scared. You know, my son was trying to yeah. take a toy from him, and And it was a dog we had inherited. So, you know, we didn't know the dog well enough to know that it would happen. So we found a great home for him. And then after that, my son just kept begging for a dog. And then my other dog had died. And I was like, I can't. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to break my heart. I I can't. Mm -hmm. And then my maintenance man says, oh, you know, a friend of mine that lives down in the Redlands down in, um, in Miami, his shepherd got pregnant and... They have a litter and and they think the mother, they think it's going to be in Belgian Malinois and Shepherd mix, but they're not even 100% sure. So my son said, we want it, we want it, we want it. So we started going down and visiting this pregnant dog, and then when she had the other dog, it came out, and it was a, a, a Belgian Malinois and Shepherd mix, and they were beautiful, and he had like seven or eight of them, and you know, they had two kids, and they really could not afford eight dogs, nor could they care for eight dogs, so we took one and of course i wanted to take five but we took one and while we were there there was another litter that he had just had where they had just moved to this new neighborhood and his little carrier had gotten knocked up and he had another litter he didn't know what to do with so i took one of those too okay <laughs> 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 mom <laughs> and one day with two dogs and then they just become like babies they're like the love of our life They've got the best of everything. You know, they're getting Uh dog training every week and they're getting socialized at this posh place in west hollywood there's this place called posh dog care they socialize them and train them and manicure them and you know we treat them like of course they're small enough to take on the plane so we've carried them and coddled them on the plane and we just treat them like they're our little babies because they are
0: (laughs) i love it i think those puppies have won the puppy lottery i really do
2: that's what my husband said because when we got home it took us literally three or four flea baths to get rid of the fleas and I felt so bad about their other the rest of the litter I wanted to keep going down and getting them and my little maintenance man said don't worry they found homes for them they're finding homes for them they're finding homes for them I said well, if they don't find a home for them I'll take more <laughs> because I felt so sorry for them but they had so many fleas because they were out completely outdoor dogs and in Miami it's really hot and humid and the fleas are a big problem if you're out in the middle of you know nowhere, and they live really out in the country. So we love them so much. I mean, we're all in love with them.
0: I love that. I love that. And again, the puppy lottery—they're feeling that every day as they go off to posh and everywhere else. I think that's I
2: know. <laughs> the first day we socialized them for three hours because they're scared of other dogs and they would bark. When other dogs came around, and we tried because we try to take them everywhere, and mm-hmm. so I learned they need to be around other dogs. So I took them three hours the first day, and my son and my housekeeper and myself for three hours drove the street just biting our nails, looking for stuff to do. Went into Target. We went we went into everywhere just finding to kill time until the three hours was up to go get them back. We couldn't get them back fast enough, and then the next time we left them four hours, and now they've been left as much as five hours, and now they're starting to
0: like other dogs. You know. I love it. I love it. That's so, (laughs) so so wonderful. You know, I understand you've been a lifelong animal lover. I mean, and I know how your son now has been introduced to animals. He'll love animals all of his life from now on because the way you've introduced him to puppies. And even after that dog bite, it sounds like to me that he's still just loving them. Can you believe
2: that? When he was at the hospital, He was crying that we were going to get rid of the dog, and he kept blaming himself and saying it wasn't his fault, and I tried to take his toy, and, Mom, please don't get rid of him. And so he was in the hospital for, like, six days. So during the time he was in the hospital... I know because he, he had to put a tube in and drain it and drain it and drain it and then have another surgery. So it was a five or six day thing. And so while we're in the hospital, we had a full time job of finding somebody. And, and one of the guys that used to work for me found a guy in Aventura that had one Doberman and really wanted two because what he did is he created them in the daytime and let them out at night on the property and mm. they like guard dogs so it was mm. a perfect fit for the dog because the dog was a great guard dog right. <laughs> you know he'd come right. out and he's gonna get go. <laughs> right. you and so it was good for him he had a companion dog and the other dog had a companion and the guy got what he wanted at night and you know but we had decided we were gonna do whatever we had to to find a good home for him and so we just really got lucky with that you know because when the dog bites somebody a lot of people don't want to take a dog but people that love animals understand that it can happen and it doesn't mean they're bad dogs. It just means they got scared, you know.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We just uh, hosted just a few weeks ago at the National Press Club in Washington our summit, our convening on National Dog Bite Prevention Week, and you know we just know that these dogs do get scared and anxious, and especially with kids around. Kids are the number one victim of uh, dog bites, and uh, we just yeah. know it's just sometimes just doesn't work. I know my little boy was a bit when he was just a couple of years old. Now we have tons of dogs and tons of cats. He doesn't even remember it back then, but uh, it is something for, especially for. Your boy to be in the hospital as long as he was to have such a and worrying about the dog. I know, compassionate. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I well, know. Tell us about your first animal. As a child, did you have cats or dogs or horses? You know, we
2: always had dogs around when I was little because I lived in Texas, but they weren't like my dogs. They were like family dogs. So I never felt like I had my own dog. So the minute I was out on my own, I adopted. I found somebody that lived in an apartment that the dog was too big and they had to get rid of it. And it was a little Afghan. And I named her Casper because she was just as white as she could be. And that became my dog dog and then I started working and traveling all the time and I felt sorry for her so I got a second Afghan, in which was I named her brandy because she was the color of brandy she was a caramel color beautiful little dog that I adopted from somebody else that didn't want a dog and I don't they didn't want her because she was wild and hard to control and she was wild and hard to control but when she got around the other dog for some reason she calmed down and they became like a pack you know and they she it, it, she kind of brought Energy to him because he was kind of a um, quiet kind of docile dog, and then he, mm-hmm. and he brought out you know the calmness in her, and she brought out a spunk in him. So it worked out really well. And so I went on a trip one time, and I had had told someone to take them to the groomer and get their hair combed, and the groomer took it upon himself to cut all their hair all the way down and shaved it. When I came back and I saw these Askins that had this long gorgeous hair that we treated, you know, like they were supermodels.
0: <laughs> and then I wasn't there. They
2: didn't call it enough and this guy had cut it all the way. And I I was just beside myself, I never recovered. But it grew back and, you know, they got older and uh, you know, life goes on and, and so I have gorgeous pictures of them and And then I got married, and then I got, you know, my first Doberman and my second Doberman and my miniature Doberman, and then we got these dogs, so... You know, you're either a dog person or you're not. You
0: know, some people are cat people or bird people, but I just love dogs. That's beautiful. Well, I tell you, one of the most touching moments over the course of your show was the funeral of your beloved dog, Leroy, and, you know, where you said you'd never be able to get over his passing. You know, that was just so Ah. wrenching for all of us pet parents. What? It was incredible incredible.
2: That was difficult, too, because, you know, I kind of felt a sense of guilt because I had taken him to the vet, and they had, he was having seizures and everything, and I felt like if I would have left him there longer, you know, maybe it would have been okay, but the vet said, no, it was okay to take home, and sure enough, he had another seizure, and then he didn't make it, and I was just like, devastated because that was the dog when he was born he would was literally big enough to fit in my hand and I would put him in my bra under my shirt and put a scarf on and I just put him everywhere I'd take him to luncheons. I'd take him to work I'd take him to the movie nobody ever knew I had him with me so oh. he was like 24 hours a day then he got a little bit bigger, and of course everybody knew he was with me but by then he was so well trained and so well adapted that you could put him under your arm with your scarf over your shoulder no one would even really notice, you know, because he was so well-trained. Aww. And uh, that was RJ's first dog, you know. <laughs> because yeah. RJ was born when I had that little dog, and
0: so he died. That was a horrible thing. But uh, mm. it was two and a half years ago, I still think about it. Oh, and you know, and those of us that have those animals in our lives, we get it. We absolutely get it. I just love the way that you did introduce your son who now has this great passion for animals because of you. And I know you do a lot of work for children in your annual gala. You do a lot of work to raise money for children. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, my husband's a criminal defense attorney. When I
2: first married him, I mean, I came from a world of creativity and glamour and fashion and mm-hmm. skincare and traveling to Europe and never had a clue what went on in the criminal justice system. And I was mm-hmm. so shocked when I saw that these people, the judges give these guys 20 years and don't blink an eye, and then their kids are with no direction and then they become career criminals and they start getting into trouble and so this judge said to me one night I was at somebody's birthday party and he said, you know, we have this little charity and um maybe you'll come and help us. We're trying to keep these kids from having to go to jail and get them a second chance and I went over there and they had, you know, I mean they had this little nothing artwork from I don't even know where they had gotten it. I mean it was mm. it was just artwork like people on the street corner had drawn and they were trying to And I just got up and sold it all, and I brought in $18,000 in money on nothing art, and I thought, you know, people do want to help, because they wouldn't be buying this art and drinking out of these paper cups if they didn't want to help. They just don't have a way or how to help. So I started doing an event every year, and this will be my 20th year in October 25th in Miami. And, uh, it's just every year we've kept thousands of them out of jail and hundreds for sure and sometimes thousands, uh, with second chances or intervention or, you know, get social workers in there or put in at least there used to be a school in Miami that would house them that the state quit funding. So it's all the same. It's all whatever it is that you give to, whether it's, you know, Breakthrough Miami or Teach for America or the school that's no longer there, all those places. 'Cause we don't do the servicing of the kids. We raise the money for them, but they all I mean, we do it. We go to all the events, we get a cash to the kids, but they do the hard work. We really raise the money. And um we kind of aligned ourselves with the state. We've just done everything we can to keep as many kids out of jail and out of trouble as we can because there's so many good kids that mm-hmm. just don't know any different or they make mistakes. One night I'm watching the television and this little kid was five or six years old they picked up on the street was drunk from beer and what, I mean was six or seven maybe and when they said when they got a hold of him his excuse was he wanted to go to jail to see his dad and he thought if he got in trouble he'd get arrested to go see his dad. I mean it's just such a tragedy and people just want mm-hmm. to throw away these kids and say they're not any good and put them in jail. And the truth is, a lot of them are just looking for direction. I mean, there's always a few bad apples, but for the most part, they're not bad kids. You know, it's like kind of like dropping off a a pet instead of doing the right thing to, you know, to turn them around and train them, you know. So it's the same thing. You just have to do what you have to do try to help make everybody's life a little better. So we do it.
0: That's beautiful. Well, I know that there's going to be listeners who want to learn more about your gala and perhaps how they can get engaged. Is there a website that they can mm-hmm. go into? What's that website? Yeah, it's... Um the Blacks Annual Gala.com. Perfect. Perfect. The Blacks Annual Gala.com for listeners who want to yeah. learn more. The wonderful work. And, you know, it is so true. It's all about giving second chances, second chances for our kids, second chances for, you know, our animals. And, you know, American Humane has been working on children and animals issues now for almost 140 years as this nation's very first national humane organization founded for the protection of kids and animals. And, you know, 140 years later, we still have so much work to do. Uh, it never gets any easier with all the challenges that we face, but I thank you for your laudable oh,
2: work. Oh, my God. I used to go to those animal welfare charity events, and it was so much fun. They would model the dogs down the runway, and you could buy stuff from the auction. It was so much fun. You really should get a hold of Donald and Lisa Pliner. You know the big shoe designer, Donald Kleiner? Yes. They just lost their dog, Baby Doll. That was the face of of their, uh, their line. Uh, oh. You know they had that whole dog line, and he just wrote the most beautiful tribute to the dog, and she wrote a beautiful book they're getting ready to publish about the dog. And they would be interesting for your listeners to hear their story about that little dog, baby doll. It was a light in their life for, I mean, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years. You know, when Donald would have his hair streaked, he would have baby doll streak his hair, her hair oh. the same color. Oh. And
0: it is a cute story. So you should really reach out to them. That's wonderful. We'll do that. I had not known that about baby doll that she had passed so wow yeah yeah, this
2: is sad so they're still they're still mourning it it was about a month ago i guess yeah wow
0: wow well on a lighter and more positive note perhaps very fascinating note for our listeners i know you've got a book coming out soon and i love the title leah's little black book a (laughs) tell-all novel based on miami society can you tell us a little bit about what's in this tell-all well, it
2: started out, I, I wrote this about four years ago, and I, I had someone that wanted to publish it. I got really nervous because I thought these people are going to connect, the names and the faces, and people are going to get mad. <laughs> and then a woman that used to write for Vanity Fair read it, and she said, you know, it's very Truman Capote-esque, and everyone's going to want to be in the book. Mm-hmm. They're going to say that they're in the book, whether they are or not, you know, so <laughs> put it out there. So I said, not know, you're camouflaging the people. That's something. And I tried to camouflage as many people as I could and make it a little juicier and spice up the plot a little bit. So it could be out at the first of the year, but it's a story about a woman that runs a charity and her crazy socialite friends. And and it's not really true, but it's based on a whole lot of composites of real people that could be recognized. Well, it's kind of Jackie Collinette. You know, she's just like a trashy novel, <laughs> a trashy, simple <laughs> novel.
0: Well, that sounds like a good beach read. It's a shame it's not out right now for those oh, of you who July 4th. Or probably November. is. <laughs> That's I love right. It. I love it. That's great. Well, Leah, I tell you, we're so proud to know you, and I, I'm just so excited about all the great work that you do with your annual gala, how many kids you've impacted over those 20 years. That's a significant milestone for any charitable endeavor, And but I really especially love those stories about those dogs and how they came into uh, your life. What are you going to be yeah. doing with the July 4th holiday? Any special holiday plans?
2: Uh, you know, our friend in Malibu usually has a party. We may go up there, but my friend from Miami may be staying here a few days. So we we're trying not to commit ourselves to anything. We're trying to just live in the moment and take it day by day and try to slow down a little bit from the crazy pace. But we're still doing our work, you know, from the phones and the computers and keeping the machine in place. We're just not driving ourselves crazy with social events for a change. And a lot of it depends on the dogs because I'm certainly whatever we do will include them. Them, and I don't know if my friend in Malibu is going to let me bring two dogs to the party. I love it. <laughs> so <that>. he doesn't, <laughs> we won't be
0: there. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I mean, well,
2: this you is know. just first, July Fourth. I'm not going to have them spend it alone. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that uh, if you uh, are still in Los Angeles during our Hero Dog Awards weekend, we would love to have you come and celebrate the fourth annual Hero Dog Awards, which will be taping from the Beverly. Hilton on September 27th. So we'd like to get you some information have you be our guest for this heartwarming evening for especially for someone like you who loves dogs. When you hear about these hero dogs, I know you'll your whole family would be just so excited. So many heartwarming stories. We'd love to have you come. Well, thank you so much, and it's been fun talking to you. Oh, it's been a blast talking to you. It's been just such a great few minutes together. And speaking of the 4th of July, all pet owners must hear our next segment, which will be full of tips to keep our pets safe over the holiday weekend. And if you're like Leah, you're not leaving those pets alone. You're going to be with them. We want to keep them safe and feeling comfortable during all of those fireworks and during those family cookouts. So stay tuned. You're listening to Be Humane. Sit. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Dogs leave fur wherever they go. It collects all over the home. There are many tools designed to stop dog hair spreading, but their effectiveness varies, and afterwards you have to clean the tool, then the floor. With the Dyson Groom Tool, you simply deploy the bristles, then gently brush the coat, Loose fur is removed, while dead skin and allergens are captured by the vacuum. And to clean up, you simply release the trigger. To get this awesome Dyson Groom Tool, go to DysonDeals.com. That's DysonDeals.com. Hi, this is TOD Anderson, and I'm the host of Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We're going to talk about a variety of topics on canine behavior and training, all based on modern methods that are fun for you and your dog. We might be talking about other critters too. So join us on Get Positive Results. We'll talk about common issues between you and your dog, answer your questions, discuss different activities you can do with your dog, and keep you posted on current canine news and products. All this on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks again for joining us today. I'm sure all of you will be celebrating America's birthday this weekend. But did you know that Independence Day can be very precarious for pet owners? Here with more is Justin Scally, our National Director of Humane Intervention and Red Star Rescue Emergency Services, with a lot of helpful info to keep you and your beloved pets safe this weekend. Hi, Justin. Welcome back to the show.
1: Hello, thanks for having me.
0: Oh, we're thrilled to have you. I know, Justin, that you and I both get a little concerned about July 4th when we think about our animal friends. It can be just a frightening day for a pet. So can you advise people whether they should bring their dogs or their cats to firework displays?
1: You know, I think that the best and simplest thing to do for the Independence Day for the July celebrations is to keep your pets at home. Keep them at home, keep them in a quiet safe room where they will be safe. You know, a lot of pets, you know, become startled with loud noises, particularly with fireworks and, you know, with parties and festivities and all those things going on. It's just so much safer just to keep them at home in a quiet, safe place where you know where they will be and you know that they'll be okay.
0: That's great. That's great advice. I know that's what my puppies will be doing, but we know that July 5th, July 5th, the day after America's birthday celebration, is often the busiest day at shelters around the country. Why is that?
1: You know, that's a really great question, And, and part of the reason is because of the fact that there's so many festivities. You know, it's one of the first events of the summer season. A lot of folks are on vacation. Kids are out of school. And you're going to visit family and friends for different festivities. And what happens is, is that a lot of animals, they become startled because of the loud noises and everything going on. And they get out. You know, perhaps someone comes to a cookout and they leave the, the gate open or they get scared and they, they jump the fence. And so what happens is, is that shelters are completely inundated with stray animals that come in as a result of the Fourth of July festivities.
0: Wow. Wow. You know, I know you've got a lot of experience working in shelters like the one in Kentucky and certainly in your Red Star role. I know you're working out there in shelters all across the country. What advice would you give to shelter professionals out there who might be working during the busy holiday weekend?
1: Well, first and foremost, keep your head up. (laughs) You know, and I know it's a challenge, but work to get the message out there now. Let pet Mm -hmm. owners know the different things that uh, they need to do now to make sure that they're able to be reunited with their pets. And some of those examples include things like making sure that, you know, your pet has a uh, proper identification tag. If your pet is not microchipped, consider getting him or her microchip. And if they are microchipped, another very important thing is to make sure that that information is up-to-date because a lot of shelters find that, you know, a pet may have a microchip and they're ready to return that pet to their rightful owner right away. But the information that is uh, contained within the database is inaccurate. Perhaps somebody moved, their phone numbers changed. So now is a perfect time to make sure that that information is up-to-date, ready to go. And that way, if In the event you are separated from your pet during all this, that you're able to get your pet home safely and soundly.
0: You know, last summer—that's such a good point. Last summer, we found uh, a dog wandering the neighborhood. The tag had a Connecticut phone number on it, and here we are in North Carolina. We dialed the phone number, and we were able to find out through a very roundabout way that the family that owned the dog had moved to North Carolina. So we were able to track them down and get the dog returned <laughs> within an afternoon—a busy afternoon. But gosh, you're so right. Those names, those phone numbers need to be up to date. The tag needs to to be up to date with all the contact information because you just don't know what will happen. You know, people with pets that are already microchipped, it's also important for them to make sure those information on the chips are up to date. And they can do that pretty easily now, can't they, Justin?
1: Absolutely. You know, there's a few different ways to do this. Number one for a microchip is to contact the company for which your microchip is from. And if you're not aware, you can certainly work with your veterinarian or your local animal shelter. Perhaps if you adopt your pet, you can check with them as well. And the other thing is is that with the tags, you know, you can simply go to a local store and, and get a new tag. And the other thing is is pet licensing. A lot of municipalities have licensing out there, and you know, a lot of folks don't realize that that's also a mechanism to help return pets to you because it's another way to have your information preserved so that you're able to be contacted.
0: It's wonderful. Well, you know, I know, Justin, on another subject, here we are entering the July 4th holiday, but your team's been very busy in the month of June with the whirlwind tour of the Northeast with the new Lois Pope Red Star Rescue Vehicle. Can you talk to us a little bit about that tour and what those folks who were able to participate learned?
1: Absolutely. It was actually a fabulous tour. We went to uh, New York City, and we're on Fox News National, and we went to Homedale, New Jersey. We also went to Philadelphia and Alexandria, Virginia, and this really was a partnership through our sponsors with Fanfield Pet Hospitals, and thanks to our fabulous sponsorship from Mars Pet Care U.S., who are the makers of Pedigree Dog Food, it allowed us to go out and speak to pet owners who have been affected by various different disasters and who may not have been affected at this point in time, but to really just drive the message home that disaster preparedness is important because, you know, nobody ever wants to think that a disaster is going to affect them, but once it does, it's already too late.
0: Yes, so very, very, very true. You know, just as you finished your tour, which was, I know, just a wonderful tour, I saw your segment on Fox, you were called into duty to assist with an alleged cat hoarder in the state of Pennsylvania, and sadly... We know this came right at the end of Adopt a Cat Month in June. Every June, our goal is to have more cats adopted out of shelters. But instances like this reminds us that pet owners must be responsible adopters. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened in Pennsylvania?
1: Sure. So basically, you know, we provided some assistance with them on uh, handling the case and trapped a few cats and. And uh, there was some deceased cats as well. And really what the, the message to drive home here is that there's so many animals out there. And the reality is, is that when you find a pet and, and you're looking for a pet to add to your family, you have to realize that this is a, a long-term commitment. You have to realize everything that's involved, everything from veterinary care to the basic necessities. Um, it's not just a spur-of-the-moment decision. And... I think that, you know, Adopt-a-Cat Month is a great month. You know, it's a time when a lot of cats and other animals are coming into shelters. I've actually just uh, visited a few shelters this week and I'm going to another one tomorrow. And they're all telling me the same thing. They're inundated with cats. They're inundated with, with dogs. And, and it's puppy and kitten season. So while it is a lifelong decision, if you're ready and, you know, the family is all is on board to do it, then now is also a prime time to, to go visit your local shelter.
0: Well, Justin, that's a great message, and I have to tell you that the Ganserts were ready and willing to take up the call. And this month of June, Adopt-A-Cat Month, we brought home Rosebud, who was being fostered from Florida, to our home, and we just love her. And she's a cat. She's, what, five, six years old? And we're so thrilled to provide Rosebud with the forever loving home. Lots of love happening for Rosebud. And we got her all stocked up with some great enrichments and toys, and she's having a great time. And anyway, just lots of loves and lots of belly so I uh, highly recommend that we, we add a four-legged family member. There's still a few more days left in June, and certainly as we go into uh, July 4th weekend, I do hope our listeners will take Justin's words to heart and help find some forever homes for our beloved canine and feline friends. You know, Justin, what will your four-legged family members be up to while uh, you're out there enjoying the July 4th festivities?
1: You know, my uh, four-legged family members will be safe and sound. They'll be inside and, you know, they'll be doing well. Then my family will will probably attend some festivities, you know, cook out some things and spend some quality family time together.
0: That's wonderful. And for those listeners who uh, haven't had the privilege of meeting Justin yet and his beautiful family, two very precious daughters and I know that you all are going to have a great time over the holiday weekend. Justin, thanks so much for all you do and especially for your leadership of Red Star Rescue. It's just noble and laudable work that you do and your team members do each and every day. So thank you for saving so many lives.
1: No problem. Thank you so much for your support, Robert.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I hope all of you enjoy your long holiday weekend. I hope you get a lot of rest, relax, don't get too much, sun, and remember to keep your precious pets cool. We'll be back very soon with another episode, particularly an episode coming from Capitol Hill, as we bring military working dogs to members of Congress and share their poignant stories of lives on the battlefields as they work with our soldiers to do so much great work for our nation. But until then, let's all remember to be humane. Happy birthday, America. Let's Talk Pets.